politics, pop culture, and a whole bunch of other things that start with the letter P. The Mark Harvard Podcast. Who knew that optimism could sound so sarcastic? Hey, hey, hey! Welcome in to episode three. We made it three episodes, (laughs) y'all! My name is Mark. This is the Mark Harvard Podcast. Welcome in, and I got to tell you, this has been a fantastic week as far as the growth of the podcast is going. I mean, we're now out on iHeartRadio, we're over on uh, Spotify, we're on Podbeam, we're on Stitcher, we're on Apple Podcasts, and let me tell you, if you've enjoyed the episode so far, go to these places, subscribe, and make sure if there's an option to leave a review or leave like a, you know, a star, you know, rating uh, give us, you know, give us some, give us a review, give us some, some stars, you know, over on, you know, five stars over on podcast. Let's, let's clarify. I'm looking for five stars <laughs> as we continue to grow this thing and, uh, share with friends, tell everybody, you know, about, uh, about the Mark Harvard podcast. It has been a week, hasn't it? I mean, we've been doing this thing for, for two weeks. This, be, this is the third time, third episode. And, uh, it's like every week there's some major story. Well, there's a few and, the first one I want to start off with is kind of a sad one, but uh, I want to talk a little bit about uh, about uh, one of the actresses we lost this week. At the age of 94, we lost Cloris Leachman. Now, it, you can tell how old you are by what you remember Cloris Leachman from. Um, some would say, I remember her from, you know, back in the day, the older stuff. Others would say, oh yeah, she was the lady that replaced Mrs. Garrett on The Facts of Life. Uh, some would say Young Frankenstein. Um, just an amazingly funny woman. I uh, did a lot of Mel Brooks type stuff and Mel Brooks uh, actually tweeted out his condolences publicly about the loss of Cloris Leachman. And it's funny because I didn't really look I didn't when when the pictures started coming up through my feed, I, they were using these very manicured pictures, pictures that were like you know her, her at the Oscars or whatever and she looked nothing like that. This woman made almost a career out of looking, you know, odd. I mean, she did the, the Mary Tyler Moore thing, and she, and she looked kind of normal there. But through most of her later life, this this you know former Miss America finalist, she played down her looks and was you know grossly obscured her looks on screen. She you know Harry Wards, uh, she would just do all these all these you know sort of prosthetic things, and she would become uh, this other person in Young Frankenstein. Uh, she was in. Uh, oh wow, History of the World Part One. If you haven't seen that movie, you know there there's a lot of you know gray area as far as the content. I mean, there's some language, there's some you know sexual you know jokes and that sort of thing. But man, is it a funny movie! I mean, if you like Mel Brooks stuff and you haven't seen History of the World Part One, I'm going to tell you there is no part two. That's the initial joke. <laughs> but yeah, that's one you should absolutely go see. And she was fantastic in that. Um, Mel Brooks actually said, I was madly in love with Cloris right from the beginning when they were doing uh, Young Frankenstein. She could do anything. And she, you know, she played um, Granny in the 1993 remake of the Beverly Hillbillies. She's one of those people that if you don't know her by name, you absolutely know her if you see her. You're like, oh, yeah. She was on Malcolm in the Middle. She did all kinds of stuff. So, yeah, we lost her. Um... We also lost uh, Cicely Tyson this week. Um, I mean, I mean, I mean, their entire college course is built around Cicely Tyson's work. 
So this, I mean, the, the Hollywood community, uh, you know, for all of the places where we disagree, sh- I mean, they lost a few really important people this week. So speaking of loss, and nowhere near in the same vein, this is a financial loss. How about that stock market, huh? <laughs> so, okay. Um, GameStop has been in the news for the first time in a long time because I mean, now they're making consoles that don't even take physical media. And people have kind of caught on to GameStop's uh, theory of taking $400 worth of merchandise and offering you $8 for them. Um, but, uh, okay, here's the thing. Let me just go ahead and give, give some background here. I'm not a financial person. I have, I mean, I have an MBA that I live with. My wife is an MBA, and she she handles all the money in our household. I am not a financial mind. I mean, you open up a spreadsheet. I don't even have Excel on my computer. I, I see a spreadsheet, and I immediately get sleepy and bored, and I start, you know, playing Caddyshack in my head because it's just absolutely just mind-numbing for me. She loves it, though, so I let her do it. And I'm happy that, you know, one of us has a financial mind. But um, I didn't really know how to interpret what happened with the stock market and the hedge fund folks and the day traders and all that. But my friend, uh, a friend of mine, he uh, hosts the morning show at Talk 99.5 here in Birmingham, Alabama. His name is Matt Murphy. He actually, he also self-proclaimed, not a huge financial guy, but he was able to kind of boil down what happened here and he used an interesting allegory and I'm going to I'm going to try to you know loosely take you know what he said because it was really effective but I'm going to go ahead and give you give full credit to Matt Murphy on this. He uh basically said what happened is um say I come to you and I ask for if I ask if I can borrow a cup of sugar. And you say sure Mark we're friends here. Here's a cup of sugar. So then I go see my friend Ben over here and I say, hey, Ben, you want to buy this sugar for $7? And Ben's like, oh, wow, seven bucks. That's kind of pricey, but I do need sugar and it would save me a trip to the store. Okay, fine. Yes, I'll pay you $7 for that cup of sugar. I have no idea what the current going rate for sugar is, by the way. Um, So I've sold this sugar. I've sold your sugar to Ben for $7, but now I owe you a cup of sugar. I, I promised I would bring it back to you. So I go find another friend of mine, my friend David over here, and I say, hey, David, you got some sugar? I'll pay you $5 for it. And David's like, hey, hey, cool, I've got extra sugar, and now I got $5, here you go. So I hand you back the sugar I got from David, say, here's your cup of sugar, thank you for letting me borrow it, and I've still pocketed $2. Now, that's roughly and very simplistically what happened this week with the stock market, a lot of these folks that do the uh, the day trader, the hedge fund folks, um, they make a living and make a lot of money borrowing stock, and then they they sell it, and then they wait for the value to decrease, and they buy it back and give that stock back. Now they only do it, of course, to accounts that they know are going to decrease in value. So there's a group on Reddit. And this was not a closed-off group. I mean, Reddit's pretty much anyone can read anything. But there's a group on Reddit. They they put this whole thing together, and they said, you know what? We're going to teach them a lesson. <laughs> We're going to go get them. They saw that GameStop and a few others, I think AMC Theaters was on the list, 
Um, but GameStop was the big one, the one that's making the news. GameStop was was losing value, and so they saw a lot of people that were like, "Okay, we're gonna have to, you know, we're gonna wait for the value to go down. We're gonna buy some more of the shares, pay back our original folks, and make a tidy little sum here." Except the folks on Reddit, they jumped on these apps where you can buy stock. The you know the Robinhood app is the big one that's coming out, and they bought a bunch of stock, and they drove up the price <laughs> of uh, of of GameStop. So these people that were going to go buy GameStop stock at a decreased price suddenly couldn't do that. And so instead of making a bunch of money, the stock price went up. And so they start losing money. Billions of dollars were lost. And an entire hedge fund firm has now declared bankruptcy. They've, I mean, they've cost a lot of very powerful and rich people a ton of cash. Uh, I saw a, a, an interview over on CNBC, uh, Leon Cooperman, who is a billionaire Mo a lot of it made off of these hedge funds and you know no matter what your politics are the guy came off very scrooge mcducky <laughs> you know these kids these people they're just they're just they're, they're getting on the apps and they're they're playing with you know rich people's money and it's they're targeting rich people yeah that's exactly what they're doing and i think they were brilliant it's not it's not illegal to do what they did i mean they didn't they didn't collude they didn't do anything in secret. They flat I mean, it was out there on Reddit where anyone could just log on and, and see what they were doing. And uh, yeah, they just decided to, you know, they took the money they had, they pulled their money together, and I guess they stuck it to the man. I mean, at the risk of sounding hippie, that's what they did. And, you know, nothing was illegal as far on their part. Now, some of the actions later on by the companies like Robinhood that you know shut everything down for a little bit, um, they they we may need to get a look at, at what happened there. But at the you know the the original thing that happened, there was no illegality there. I think it was kind of brilliant actually. So yeah, that that's kind of in a nutshell what happened there. So when you when when you see more come out about this, and I think we are going to see more come out about this that's kind of the basis of what's going on thank you matt for helping me figure out a very basic way to to explain this uh another thing that we uh we we, we have from this week is the challenger explosion yeah that was 35 years ago this week our, our man i don't know where you were I mean, that's one of those events that you know where you were if you were alive when things like 9 11 happened i know exactly where i was when I was when I was hearing about 9/11, I know exactly where I was when the Challenger exploded. I was sitting in my fourth grade classroom in Vestavia Elementary, which is absolutely not in Vestavia. It's over in Northport, Alabama, close to close to Tuscaloosa. I was in Vestavia Elementary, and we had my fourth grade class, Miss Jenkins' class, I believe. Um, we were watching the Challenger launch. Because the big deal was that Krista McAuliffe was on board, the first private citizen. She was a teacher. She was going to be the teacher in space. Um, it was a big deal. And so a lot of schools watched it live. So the Challenger, you know, it was delayed from December. And, it, and you know, it, it ended in tragedy when, that, when you know, the booster rockets caused, caused the explosion. The O-ring failed and caused the explosion, the whole thing. And I remember, and this is just how 
you know, a kid mind works. I realize now that had that had absolutely nothing to do with anything, but they had talked a lot about what was going up on the Challenger. And one thing was that Krista McAuliffe had taken her kid's pet frog up as part of like one of the experiments or something. Uh, she was going to use it for a classroom exercise or something. And um, I remember thinking, oh, that poor frog. You know, never mind the people. But uh, that was my, you know, fourth grader. I didn't know. <laughs> but so, uh, yeah, that was 35 years ago. January 29th, 1985. Man. Wow. Mm. There were no spacewalks or anything planned for that mission. It was just going to be a pretty simple deploy and retrieve satellites thing. And she was going to be on board. Then we're going we're gonna to observe uh, the uh, Halley's Comet. They were going to look at that. Or rather they, were, rather, they were deploying a satellite to observe Halley's Comet uh, that was coming the next year. Uh, kind of misread that. But, um, but yeah, it was just, it's hard to believe that was 35 years ago. Man, I feel old. Man. But yeah, where, where were you when the Challenger exploded? Yeah, leave it. I, I'm taking uh, those notes over on the Facebook page. Just look, go do a quick search for Mark Harvard Podcast and like the page while you're there. I appreciate that. You can also find us over on MeWe and over on Instagram. Go find us over on Instagram as well. Um, and of course, you know, like I said, we before we actually, we encourage you to go and uh, subscribe over on Podbean or on Stitcher or on Spotify or iHeartRadio or Apple Podcasts. If they give you an option to leave a rating, we'd appreciate it if you do that. Um Good stuff. Good stuff. We want to thank our sponsors. We've got uh, a couple of folks that are, are actually helping me out a little bit. Um, Old World Lumiere Candle Company. And I got to tell you, this is cool stuff. I have this stuff in my home. my The downstairs of my house, the half that is not an active construction site, smells like bourbon-soaked raisin. And it is amazing. <laughs> Uh, Old World Luminaire Candle Company, they've got some amazing scents, and they're not, it's not all that frou-frou perfumey stuff. It's that kind of understated sort of, oh yeah, that is, that smells nice. It's not, oh, I just walked into a vanilla factory. It it, it really does kind of, it, it's, it's, it's very gentle, but it's also, man, it smells good. It sets a tone for your home, and uh, you should actually go in and go and check them out. The link is over on the Facebook page to go to their website and you can order everything right there they ship everywhere in the united states so go uh right now support the people that support the uh the mark harvard podcast it's old world lumiere candle company back in a minute the mark harvard podcast like to welcome a brand new sponsor to the podcast it's old world lumiere candle company and these guys are great. You, you know, you want your home to smell good, and sometimes that's a little harder than other times, especially when you're like me. You got a four-year-old and a dog and two cats, and, uh, you know, your house is under constant construction. Um, but <laughs> these things are fantastic. We've got them in our home, and you should have them in yours. There are all kinds of different scents. There's fruity. There's fresh and floral. There's herbal and earthy candles. There's food and drink ones. Let me just go down this food and drink, because, guys, these aren't your normal... You know, old lady candles you're going to find somewhere. You can get a candle that smells like bacon, uh, apple cider donut, banana nut bread. I've got some of the bourbon-soaked raisin ones in my house, and they smell fantastic. It doesn't hurt that I love raisins, and I'm also pretty 
partial to bourbon. But still, amazing scents, and you're going to find something that you, that you like. I've got the link over on the Facebook page for Old World Lumiere Candle Company. Support them and let them know that you heard about them right here on the Mark Harvard Podcast. You can join me on May 4th and 5th for That Church Conference. The last year, if you're a church communicator, the last year has been trying, to say the least. <laughs> and That Church Conference can help out with all kinds of ideas, all different ways. You can grow God's kingdom for your church and help reach those that need to be reached. It's a two-day online event for pastors and church leaders, and it is absolutely free. So go to That cc.com to reserve your free tickets and here's the cool thing here's the well the extra cool thing is that i am back as a speaker for the second year in a row i'm so excited to be back i'm joining a, a an incredible lineup of speakers that are way smarter than i am these are folks like ben stapley uh, folks like matt brown uh jessica beeler uh jenny catrone these are uh, the folks that are leading in church communications they know how to help your church so make sure to plan to be there may the 4th and 5th for this two-day online event it's that church conference get your free tickets that's cc.com find us on facebook instagram MeWe, and online at markharvardcreative.com the mark harvard podcast the mark harvard podcast We're back thanks to Old World Lumiere Candle Company. And also, I'm so excited to be back at That Church Conference. Get your free ticket. Go by going to thatcc.com. And also, remember last week, we talked about uh, the Bernie Sanders meme, how that was everywhere. In fact, Bernie Sanders at the time was getting more press than the newly elected president. Crazy stuff. Um, and I made a comment about how someone needs to make some money off this. It's too big. They've got to make some money. Well, Bernie Sanders did that. <laughs> I'm not saying that he took my advice, but I don't know that he didn't. I mean, we had a lot of people download last week's podcast. Um, so I, I don't know. Maybe he was one of them. Um, he Actually, though, it was pretty cool the way he did it, though. He took the meme of him sitting there during the inauguration. He's got his mittens on. He's looking all cozy. Someone go get, go take, uh, take grandpa a heating, a heating pad or something. So he took that meme and he put it on a t-shirt. And he sold those t-shirts and gave all the proceeds to charity. He made $1.8 million for charity in like five days. <laughs> yeah, he fueled uh, a bunch of charities in, in his home state of Vermont, which I can't fault him for that. That's where he's from. And uh, yeah, it was the image of him sitting with his arms and his legs crossed, clad in his brown parka with the wool mittens that were you know made out of recycled materials. And uh, he put it on T-shirts, sweatshirts, stickers on his website Thursday night. The first run sold out in less than 30 minutes. More merchandise was aired, was added over the last weekend. Sold out by Monday morning. Craziness, craziness. But uh, he said he wanted to use the internet fame to help Vermonters in need. And like I said before, no matter what your, uh, no matter what your politics are, this is pretty cool. 
he actually used his fame for something good. So I'm, you know, I don't know. I don't know if you're a Bernie person or not, but it's, uh, you know, you, it's hard to argue with that. Um, cool stuff there. Um, I'm pretty excited because whenever we get a new Christian movie or new Christian TV show, we uh, we get something new to talk about. And it, even if it's awful, it opens a dialogue with people that maybe not aren't believers and allows us to talk about it a little bit. So Roma Downey and the Irwin brothers have teamed up and Dennis Quaid is going to star in a new in, in, in new faith based films involving them. Now, he was in the, the movie I Can Only Imagine, which was, you know, the story of uh, Mercy Me. So he's going to be in, in more. He's going to star in the faith based family drama titled On a Wing and a Prayer. And um, he's going to be in a few other things for them. Um, the, the On a Wing and a Prayer thing is a gripping take on our very real survivor story and illuminates the remarkable power of the human spirit. That's the tagline for it. So they say they're proud to partner with Mark and Roma and Autumn, and uh, they say they couldn't have asked for a better star and Dennis to bring this unbelievable true story to life. I'm excited because the folks behind this have done some really cool stuff. The, the movie I can only imagine, amazing. The Irwin brothers, you know, I've I've interviewed them a couple of times on on uh, one of the local radio stations and in a you know past life. I've interviewed their mom actually. Their mom is an author, and I've actually you know, I, and I know their dad. I know Hank. Um, so they, they 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 are a couple of really talented people, but they're also very strong in their faith, and they they go in. They, they want to make a, a compelling and a very interesting movie, but their push is really how do we edify our faith? How, do our, how are we able to share faith and share the glory of God through this story? So that's when they do things like I can only imagine and, and you know, even, you know, things like, um, like um, Courageous and some of their earlier things. They're able to do stuff like that, and and they're not alone. There are other people out there. I mean, one of the one of the one, one of the most uh, recognizable one right now is is Dallas Jenkins, the guy behind The Chosen. His whole thing is how do I spread the gospel the best way possible, and I think that's why so many people have latched on to The Chosen, have have crowdfunded the first season, and now the second season has been funded, and now they've started working on the third season now. So I I think that uh, when the priorities are in the right place. We get a good special. Also, I mean, religious movies in general have come a long way, haven't they? I mean, there was a time, I remember back when I was in college, and they had those Jesus story video tapes that everybody in the country got. And I watched it once. I was sitting, I was a, I was an Alabama student in Alabama, and my, my roommates and I, we sat down, we watched it once. And we, we all knew that would be the only time we watched it. Because, great story. Great Intentions was not well done. Not at all. I, we, I know for a fact, because I laughed about it, we ended up taping over the Jesus story an episode of X-Files. Because I knew I would want to watch that X-Files later. I knew I would not want to watch that, that, that production later of, G, of the Jesus story. So, <laughs> but you know, for a while there, Christians were so starved for good stuff that they, they accepted mediocrity. And that day has come and gone. Because now we're getting really good stuff. I mean, what was the? Hang on, let me. There was a movie that I actually mentioned earlier. The uh, 
the time of Jesus in the uh, in, in the wilderness has come up in conversations a lot lately, and it's made me think about the movie. Yeah, here it is. Uh, the Last Days in the Desert. Ewan McGregor is in this thing. And it's about Jesus Walt wandering in the wilderness. He plays Jesus, and Ewan McGregor also plays Satan. And it is, it's an artsy take, but it is so cool the way it's done. And it's one of those things that you need a very good actor, a strong and confident actor to be able to pull it off. And uh, McGregor did that. But, uh, you know, movies like that and Risen was good. Now, we've had some clunkers. You know, we had Noah. Noah was awful. Um, Risen was good. Noah was awful. There was that that one uh, Jesus story. Um, was it the story of Jesus? It was the one basically you had supermodel Jesus. The guy looked like he was like from a, from a Pantene commercial, and that one was not as well done. But um, but we're getting more and more content that's done in a very deliberate and very valuable way by by Christians in, in Hollywood and Christians in the film industry that are able to put together some really cool stuff, and that makes me super happy because even if you're not a believer. If these things get enough press, someone's going to ask some questions. Someone's going to end up starting a conversation. And that is an open opportunity to witness to them and to talk about faith. It's the same thing when, when they find, you know, parts of the Ark up in the mountains in Europe. And they find, you know, parts of, you know, David's throne room or whatever. I'm just pulling things out. They, they find archaeological evidence of biblical events even I mean, I love that not because my faith needs to be strengthened by having that tangible thing out there, but because it always makes headlines and it opens up a dialogue with people that aren't as excited about it as I am and aren't as a, as you know grounded in their faith. And it allows me to, to have a conversation about it. OK, they found this. What's the story with that? Well, this thing was actually part of this city. This city was, you know, played a part in in the in the story of Jesus in the gospel because it was where this happened. And, you know, this begat this and, you know, it it allows you to to really share some some stories that otherwise someone may or may not be as open to hearing. So I love when we have things like that that come up. Anyway, what I'm not loving is a new trend that's out there. People are messing with 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 flavors. And I don't like it. I came across this story. Kraft is getting ready for Valentine's Day. And they've got a pink mac and cheese. And they say it tastes like candy. First off, why you would want mac and cheese that doesn't taste like delicious mac and cheese is beyond me. I already question your your sanity here. It's pink. It looks like undercooked meat. I'm looking at a picture of a bowl. And it looks horrible. And they say it tastes like candy, like chocolates and strawberry. Yeah, I, I don't understand why. Kraft decided to add on candy, pink candy for this. Now, on the other hand, my friend Stephanie, who is an amazing fan of Dunkaroos, <laughs> she sent me this link. And hang on, I'm, I'm pulling it up real quick. She sent me this link. She said, for the podcast... She's excited. Dunkaroos on the official Dunkaroo Twitter feed has posted that they've teamed up with Betty Crocker and there's now Dunkaroos vanilla frosting with naturally and artificially flavored rainbow sprinkles. So if you're a Dunkaroos fan from back in the day, Dunkaroos, 
They say you can find them at Walmart, at Kroger, at Publix, at Wake Forum, and at Dollar General. All of those except Wake Fern are close to me. So, and Kroger, you got to drive a bit. But yeah, if I go to I go to Huntsville, I guess there's one there. But uh, but yeah, if you're a fan of the '80s treat Dunkaroos, now if they would just bring back the the, the Mars bars that I remember. Now, you can go get them at World Market or whatever, but it's not the same. Those Mars bars are like Milky Ways. The Mars bars I liked were the ones that had almonds in them. And it was like almonds and nougat. They were delicious. And Oboise's chips. I'd like for them to bring those back. That'd be great. Dunkaroos, yeah, you, you, you kind of, you, uh, the Dunkaroos crowd kind of uh, did a little trailblazing to bring back some other good 80s and 90s treats. Mars bars and Oboise's potato chips. That's where I'm looking. That's what I'm hoping for next so big week we're coming up on a big week we're hoping let me just give you an update about what's going on downstairs uh <laughs> so once again my house has been under construction for the past year and we moved in in july and we had maybe a m- almost a month of peace before we had a leak in our bathroom in the bathtub and it like it leaked out underneath the tub it's one of those big built-in tubs that had this like the the you know the fiberglass shell and the steps and everything um it was a jetted tub uh that had never been used well apparently some 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 squirrels got in there uh this was years ago this may have happened the people before us never used the jets they never used the tub they just weren't they were shower people so it never got used and so sometime in the years that this this house has been standing squirrels shoot on the hoses going to the jets so when our son jack started taking baths in there water would go through where the little jet holes and leak out into the floor fast forward a few months we've got standing water in our closet because it went underneath the wall so we had to gut everything and so the last two weeks we've been doing a remodel downstairs and in fact that it, it, we're hoping Today is the day. We're hoping that this weekend I'm able to, to, you know, take a shower in my new shower. We're hoping I can brush my teeth at my new kitchen, my new bathroom sink. That's what we're hoping for this week, this weekend. But in the meantime, my wife and I have been sleeping on our couch because, you know, the, the bathroom is right there by our bedroom. And so everything's covered in sheetrock dust and everything. So we've been sleeping on our couch for the past two weeks. And it's old. It's gotten old. I'm, I'm tired of construction. So, yeah, do a little pray for me for some patience on that. I'd appreciate that. Um, you can go find us over on social media. You can find us on Facebook, on MeWe, and over on Instagram. Because be sure to go follow us all those places and share, 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 like and share. I'd appreciate that. You can also follow us over on uh, Stitcher and on Podbean and on Spotify and on iHeartRadio and over on Apple Podcasts. So uh, go like us there, leave a review, and I appreciate that. That'd be fantastic. And uh, also, don't forget, we have a phone line that we would love to hear what you think. Uh, and uh, who knows, you may just hear yourself on on the podcast next week. Uh, go, it's it's one two five one six one six two zero five eight. I'll give that number again in just a minute. But what you do is you call, you leave a voicemail, and uh, maybe you, you know you never know. I might bring it on this on the program next week. So so yeah, go ahead and do that. It's one two five one six one six two zero five eight. You can also find us online markharvardcreative.com slash podcast. This has been fun. I'll see you next week. 
Have a fantastic week, and I'm out. The Mark Harvard Podcast.